This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading this extra special podcast. There's loads available on our website, fightdisciples.com. All around this particular fight that's happening on July the 8th, two of the very best British super lightweights are putting it all on the line to find out who the cocker Britain is. They don't need a world title to justify this fight. They don't need a million dollars to justify the fight. They just want to find out who the best on these shores is. And I've got to take my hat off to them for that type of attitude. Check this out. I caught up with O'Hara Davis, who's ready to go to war. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Um, welcome to the programme. O'Hara Davis, two tanks. He's in the building, man. He's, well, he's not in the building. We're actually outside. We're in a beer garden. Please don't take that as um, what we're actually doing. We're not drinking any beer or anything. We're in the back of a pub near his gym is where we're at. He's just rocked up. Hottest day of the year. You're wearing a tracksuit, brother. What's going on, man? Um, I guess that's what makes me different than everyone else. Um, you know, uh, I saw the sun was out. I thought, I'm not going to wear sunglasses in the sun. I'm going to wait until it's raining outside, and then I'm going to wear my sunglasses. So I thought that for today, I'll just wear no sunglasses, a tracksuit. You know, I might have a coat on soon. You know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. I was going to mention the, sh- the sheds because, as you can see, I brought mine. Yeah. I thought we were going to do the whole thing in the sheds because you, that's your signature, man. You know what I mean? That's your thing. Um, I guess that's just what makes me odd. I think that's just what makes makes me odd. Um, I'm different. Um, some people say I'm quite backwards, but one thing they can't deny is that I know how to fight. So I feel like as long as I back everything up in the ring, um, you know, I'll be okay. It's about talking the talk and walking the walk, bro, isn't it? That's what it's about. Definitely. Let's talk Let's talk um, early doors in your career, yeah? Um, amateur career, 17 fights, so there's not too much for me to go OTT on that. So let's go a little bit further back. How did you get involved in this fantastic sport? How I got involved in boxing, um, I was young. Um, I was at a youth club. I think I got kicked out of my school then. You know, I was, um, I was going in and out of Crown Court by the age of 15 years old. Um, I never went to jail, luckily, because I was so young. I, I nearly went to jail, but I was on a verge. And then um, I was in a certain youth club. They had a boxing coach that used to come in every Wednesday, do pads with all of us from the gang that was there. There was about 30 to 40 of us that was there. Every Wednesday, we'd just go there, get gloves, get pads, and we'll just start, we'll just start having fights with each other, punching each other. And then eventually it went down from 40 to 35 to 30 to 25 to 20 until it was just me left. When last youth... man standing, O'Hara, last man standing. Exactly. And <laughs> I remember going there every, every single Wednesday, I went there on my own. And then when they couldn't afford to pay him anymore, um, he took me to the actual boxing gym. And then from when I, from when I got into boxing, it's something that I loved. I've just always loved it from the day that I got into it and I'm still doing it today. You, you mentioned, obviously, being a kid and getting in trouble. Would you say that... Boxing sorted that out, that realigned the way that you were thinking about life? Definitely. Boxing gave me a focus. I feel like for the first time in my life, I had a focus. I found something that I loved. I feel like during school, you know, math, science, English, all the subjects, I don't think I really loved it. And um, I don't think I ever found anything in life that I loved. But when I got into the boxing gym, I found something that I loved. Um, I used to go and spar. I used to get beat up, but it just used to kind of motivate me even more. I used to go home and then I used to run. And I'd say, next week I'm going to come back and I'm not going to get beat up. And then I get beat up again by the same person. <laughs> but then that's what more motivated me to go every single time I went home. I went home, I'll run, I'll train, I'll do my sit-ups, I'll be watching boxing. And then um, my consistency over the years is what 
overcame everyone else. Even though I wasn't the most naturally talented, I was a lot more consistent. And I feel like that's all it came down to. Before we crack on talking about your professional career, you're kind of doing that for young kids in your local area now, you know what I mean? You're, you're attempting to inspire them as well. A lot of people might not know this. They yeah. see the brash guy, yeah, yeah. they see the fire. Yeah. But it's important to you that you inspire the next generation coming from where you come from. Yeah, definitely. I think that inspiring someone is not about being fake. I think it's about being yourself. Like, when I was young, I used to watch a lot of Floyd. People look at Floyd and they say that he's a bad role model. But at the end of the day, he works hard for what he's got. And I feel like... That's the whole message that we're trying to put across. You work hard for what you want. And um, every day I go in the gym, I work, I work hard. I think it's about entertainment. People that are from the streets don't want to see anyone sitting down talking about it's going to be a good fight, I respect my opponent. This is the fight game, it's a fight business. So when you, so, you know, it's all about being, and also while you're young, it's like you want to be exciting, you love all that controversy stuff. And that's what I loved when I was young. So why can't I imitate what, inspired me and I feel like just by being myself just by you know so just by being myself I feel like I'm inspiring other people on its on it on its own I feel like I don't have to do anything I just got to be myself just got to keep working hard and just got to keep on getting the wins and um, that's all you're 100% right mate about the end it is the entertainment business at the end of the day for the fans that's what's going to obviously put bums on seats and put some money in your back pocket mate you mentioned Floyd's name there now before you arrived today obviously Charlie and Ollie who look after you we were having a good crack about you and Floyd up in Liverpool mate you've got a cheesy grin on your face now mate one meeting him must have been amazing but two everybody knows now they've seen online what happened man what's your your take on that now how do you look back at that Um, how I look back on it the first time I met Floyd was in Vegas years ago when I was at a gym I went to go and spa I done a bit of sparring at his gym. Um, he came in the gym once or twice, so I did meet him in the gym initially. You know, um, um, I said I just see him in the gym. I see him doing pads. I saw him sparring. I think years ago I really wanted to get signed. I think I really wanted to get signed by Floyd years ago, but then I didn't get signed. So I came. I came back to England, continued my amateur boxing career, and I think I feel like he looks back at me now and he was like, damn. I should have, I should have seen, I should have seen that guy all those years ago when he was at my gym, but you know now it's a bit too, it's a bit too late now. But you know, I feel like I looked up to him for so long, and um, I feel like I don't have any idols anymore today in boxing. I feel like you become your own idol after a certain while, and um, you know, apart from Floyd, everyone else that I used to look up to when I was an amateur boxer, all the boxers that I used to see in the gym at that time, I've now not only have I caught up to them, I've surpassed them. A lot, a lot, a lot of the people that I did look up to. And um, after me and Floyd had that little argument, I feel like I don't have any role models. It's just, it's literally just me. It's got to work hard, and I create my own path. I'm not trying to walk in anyone else's shoes now. I'm not trying to imitate um, anyone else. I'm just the first me. So let other people imitate me. I like it, man. It's a refreshing attitude because a lot of people would have cowered in that situation, wouldn't they? You meet, they say never meet your idols, but when you do meet them, and if they say something that hang on a minute, I don't necessarily agree with that. This is what I believe in. I'm going to go with it. I don't care who you are. Exactly. And I feel like it's all about having a fighter's mindset. I think it's all about having a fighter's mindset. Even you should have called him out, man. There's 100 million quid knocking about with, with this McGregor. You could have been a rich boy by now. Oh, I should have. I should have. Um, <laughs> I should have. You know, I probably will after this fight. You know, who knows what the future holds. Keep an eye on his social media, man. It's going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, you know, I've really looked up to Floyd. Um, but I don't, at the moment, I don't, I don't have any idols. I'm just my own idol. Just going to make my own path. One thing that we talk about on the show quite a lot, and we, we try and advise young fighters when they come on, guys that are just starting out the career, you've got to make noise. It's not yeah. about just doing the thing yeah. in the ring. Yeah. It's looking good. You've got to obviously perform in the ring, but yeah. it's about making noise. If you want the fights, you've got to call for the fights. Exactly. 
and you've got to a stage of your career now, undefeated. You've done your apprenticeship, if we're honest, mate. You've yeah. done that. Yeah. You know how good you are. You believe how good you are. Now it's a case of, right, I need to get my name on, on that mark. Was that the mentality when you started, obviously, what you started with Derry Matthews, first of all? Yeah. Um, this started a lot before Derry Matthews. This is from my first ever fight as a pro. Even as an amateur, if you look at my Facebook from all the all those all those years back, I've always been MySpace man. Let's go right. Let's go right back. Let's go MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So all those years ago, I've always been outspoken. I've always been trying to cause hype, entertainment, controversy. Because especially where I'm coming from, I can't fit in and just be a plain, boring person. I can't do it. I can't do it. I feel like whatever field I do in life, I'm gonna cause. I'm gonna cause arguments. I can be cutting someone's hair. I'm gonna find the other barber down the road, and I'm gonna and I'm and I'm gonna cause a massive argument. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll call him out. I'll say, oh, that guy can't cut no hair. I'll be like, I can cut it the best. So it don't matter what I'm doing in life. There's always gonna be a competition with other peers that are doing the same thing. And I feel like in boxing, that's how I've always been, which suits the game that I'm in because I'm in a fight game. So, but then after my first fight as a pro, I went behind on a camera, on um, iFilm, you know, I started saying this stuff and that stuff. But obviously the platform at that time wasn't so big, yeah. so people didn't really know. But now, because the platform was so big from the day Matthews fight, that's what people know of me. So that's the first time that I was really being seen. Yeah. So that's what they saw, oh, this guy's arrogant. But it wasn't to, it wasn't just for that sh uh, show. That's how I've always been. So it's just something that I carried on doing. I think what gains people's respect... Mm. OK, you, you are 100% right with what you say. You yeah. call out Denny Matthews, yeah. legend of the game in the British boxing yeah. scene anyway. Mm. You call him out, he's a weight class below you. Yeah. People are going, who's this kid? Yeah, yeah. Who's this guy yeah. with the sunglasses on doing his thing? Mm. But then when you walk the walk, man, talking to talk's one thing, yeah. but when you walk the walk, yeah. then you start to gain respect of yeah. guys that might not necessarily yeah. have followed you. I mean, even on my show, we, we've all talked about it. It says, yeah. who's this guy shouting yeah. on all this? But then when you do the thing, you think, all right, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's all right. The O2, that's actually my own hometown. And I got booed into my own hometown. And this guy that's from a different town altogether, he got cheered in. So I remember when I came into the O2, it was so weird, thinking, I'm, like, this is meant to be my home. But getting booed into my home was like, wow, like, people actually don't like me. But, you know, I've never let that stuff affect me, really. You know, I never let that stuff affect me. I just, outside of the ring, it's all about hype, entertainment, show business, inside the ring. Man, I was there. I was there that night. Yeah, you got booed in. You got cheered out. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I got booed in, and, and then I got cheered out. But that's what that's the ideal situation, isn't it? Exactly. That's what happens in this game. You know, you get booed in once you fight, and then I feel like I took it. I took. I took his fans basically. I took, if not all of his fans, a lot of his fans. And you, what you also did, you you paid respect to him at the end, which which yeah. is kind of nice, man. You dropped yeah, your, yeah. the guard went yeah. down a little yeah. bit, and you showed a nice side yeah. of your personality. Yeah, because you know I do respect every fighter, I do respect everyone, but at the end of the day, this is show business, entertainment. Um, you know, I could be fighting against my own cousin or my brother. We will have beef. I'm telling you, me, me and my brother can have a fight at a press conference. There'll be a massive head-to-head. -head, there'll be a war, because that's this is what the business is about. And I feel like that's what the fans love, and it's what they really want to see. You know, no one wants to see two humble people, you know, being average and being like quite normal. You know, so even though the people, a lot of people like to complain and they say that I'm arrogant and I'm cocky, my views get a lot, of, a lot more views than what the humble boxers get. So I think that in itself says says loads. You're a switched on guy, man. You've got the game going on. Hence now then calling out Josh Taylor. Let's talk about Josh, right? Yeah. Because let's be straight, yeah. you're world ranked. You don't need to do this. Yeah. Why are you doing it? Why am I doing this? Because I feel like I've got a point to prove. You know, you know, uh, me and him, I've been, I've been going back and forth on social media, 
for ages now. It's been months before my Dave Matthews fight. I remember when he beat Dave Ryan, and everyone, I got all the tweets, people saying that if me and him fought, Taylor would beat me easily, blah, blah, blah. And I've always took offence to things like that. Even though he's done loads as an amateur, he's fought in the World Games and he's fought in the Commonwealth Games. I think he won gold in the Commonwealth Games. Um, so he's done loads as an amateur. But I feel like it don't mean that I'll get beat. And I believe that there isn't, that there isn't anyone out there that can beat me. So I'm like, if you think this guy can beat me, I want to see, you know, I want to see for myself because I feel invincible when I get into that ring, when I'm deep in camp and I'm fit, I actually feel invincible. So when they say that there's a man that can possibly beat me, I'm like, what kind of human being must this be? So, you know, I just really, I really want to see if he's, if the hype's real. You know, after, on my day Matthews fight, they all said that I'll get beat. Day Matthews had more fans than what my next opponent has and Day Matthews got spanked. So, um, you know, hopefully my next opponent, the same thing will happen to him. One thing that we like as fight fans as well, and there's all this talk of world titles and belts and various things like that. You just nailed it with what you said. Yeah. I want to see the besties in Britain. Yeah. This division that you're in, that yeah. £140 division, yeah. you've got Robbie uh, Davis Jr., you've got Jack Catterall, yeah. you've got obviously Josh, yeah. yourself. Yeah. There's elite talent there, man. We want to see who the best of the best is, and you seem to have the attitude of, of the similar yeah. attitude towards what, where the fans are at with it. Yeah, exactly. And I do want to see who, who the best actually is, because I believe that is actually me. Uh, you know, we got other good fighters, Davis Jr., Carroll, all these fighters are really good. But, you know, they all say that Taylor's the best out of that bunch. So because they've been saying for so long that Taylor's the best out of that bunch, he's the one that I'm really going for. Um, also, it has to make business sense. You know, the thing about boxing is a fight game and the Taylor fight, it makes business sense. So I feel like I win on two parts. For one, I can beat the guy that everyone says is the best in Britain. Two, it makes perfect business sense. So, you know, it's a win, it's a win, win. Kill two birds with one soul, I guess. Uh, I saw on your social media, you're buying a new car off the back of this fight. Yeah, I'll be buying a new car <laughs> off, the, off, the, off the back of this fight. Um, you know, so I think someone sent me a tweet saying that if I get beat, I'm gonna, I should, I should go into hiding or something like that. I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna buy a new car and I'm gonna come and, and I'm gonna come to your house and I'm gonna play all that music out loud and I'm gonna celebrate. <laughs> I'm like, with, with, with a fight like this, I feel like I built myself to such a platform now. Even if I lost, I still win. Whoever loses this fight, their profile is still going to rise either way because this fight is like such a big fight. So if I lose my profile, it won't be good for my boxing career. But altogether, my profile is only going to rise. One thing, one thing that I've said on the show um, regularly is this is on a Friday night. It's on um, Terrestrial TV, yeah, Channel 5, yeah. yeah? So I think to myself, that platform there yeah. is absolutely huge for casual fans to go, yeah. who's this dude? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, massively. So the platform is so big where it's a win-win situation. Literally, the, anyone that gets beat in this fight, yes, is a little step back, but your profile is going to rise majorly. The person that wins this fight, their profile is going to rise loads. So, um, you know, we're both going to be going to be out to win. But the person that doesn't win this fight, you know, the, our career is not over. Our profiles is only going to get a uh, thing like, what's it called, boosted. So, um, you know, it's a win-win situation. It's definitely a win-win for us both. Now, in your mind, you're winning the fight. What's the next year got involved, man? Because you're world ranked. Come on, man. What I want you to do, yeah? yeah. Channel 5, loads of people watching. Get on that microphone and say, Terence Crawford, where you at, brother? Where you at? In Dongo. Come on, let's get it on. Um, you know, after this fight, I think what I'm looking for is just Don't a rest. Let me down, <laughs> I think after this fight, what I want is a good rest, a good little holiday. I've been in camp for so long. I've been in camp for so long and I can't fight five times a year anymore like I did last year. I think I could fight three times a year, max, every four months. But 
after this fight, as long as I'm in this fight, I want the best out there. If they say that Ndongo's the best, then get me Ndongo. Terence Crawford is the best, then I want him. Because I feel like after this fight, I want to know who else is there. Who who else are they say is is out there and that's actually able to beat me? Because I believe that there isn't anyone that can beat me. So if there's anyone anyone out there that, that they can say can beat me, after this fight, that's who I'll be going for. Whether that's Ndongo, Terence Crawford, Adrian Broner, Mikey Garcia. Yeah. It There's don't some matter. money there, boy. There's yeah. some money there, isn't there? It don't matter who it is, because anyone that they say is able to beat me, I'm saying to everyone, I want to see it for myself. Can I just say something? You, Adrian Broner press conference would be yeah. ridiculous. It would be. I've, sometimes I wonder who's more weird, him or me. <laughs> <laughs> just finally, mm. the, the ambition is to become world champion at 140 yeah. pounds. You're a big boy for this weight, let's be yeah. straight, man. Mm. 147, we're going to see you at Welter at some point, do you think? I can make 140 easily, believe it or not. My diet for this fight hasn't been cut. I've been in. I've literally been on all carbs at the moment. I'm walking around at 10.4 after after sparring. I'm waiting at 10.4, so my weight's fine. I don't know how I'm making weight so easy for this fight, but weight's becoming easier and easier to make. So I believe I can make 144 years to come. As you're walking past five guys, <laughs> is it a bit of a nightmare? At the start of camp, it wasn't. Now it's a total nightmare. <laughs> now, when I'm driving past a McDonald's, when I see a picture of a you're burger... A bur- you're a burger man, aren't you? If I'm seeing a picture of a, of a burger on a billboard somewhere, if I'm if I'm on Facebook and someone puts up a picture of, of, of a burger, I quickly unfriend them. I'm, I remember last time, I was, I was on my Twitter, someone up, um, I think someone uploaded a picture of them in um, Honest Burger. I, I had to unfollow them. I was like, I'm sorry, but I have to unfollow you because I can't be seeing this stuff. You know, after the fight's done, I'll follow you back, you know. But you know, for now, I can't be seeing any. I can't be seeing any of that stuff because that's like the biggest temptation ever. You are off your head. Listen, all the best, mate. All the best. Nice one for the interview, dude. Nice one, fella. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. I've got to be honest. I can totally understand why O'Hara Davis polarizes the opinions of fans. They see his brash attitude. He even referred to himself as cocky. There coming across through the media. And people maybe go for it or they go against it. I've got to be honest, at the start of his career, I was against it. And that's hypocritical from me because I love that from young fighters. Call people out, get the fights that you want. But I've maybe taken the attitude of going against O'Hara Davis because he called out Derry Matthews, who, as you know, is a good friend of our show. However, I sit down with him. I have a little bit of a chat with him. I can't help but like the kid. I think he's top class and fair play to him. He's talking the talk. We're going to find out on July the 8th whether he can walk the walk. All the best to him. Make sure you download our podcast on a regular basis by subscribing. Fightdisciples.com is our website. Go to it. It's all there for you. You can hear from Josh Taylor, who O'Hara will be fighting against. You can also hear it from Carl Frampton, uh, who I managed to catch up with recently as well. Three other free episodes for you this week on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're on social media as well, at Fight Disciples, uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.